everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, but the screaming, it just has to stop. Please, Robbie, make the screaming stop. I mean, there's le- I was at- we'll talk a lot about screaming in this episode of this of this podcast about the Simpsons. We are not alone today. We have a very special guest, Andrew Bloom of the andrewblog.net. His favorite episode of the Simpsons. We're finally here. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing well, Robbie, and thank you for having me back despite my trial at the Hague for contributing to this episode. <laughs> wow. I don't Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a war crime level. Well, that's what I said, but the International Criminal Court felt otherwise. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, hi, we are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. You get access to all of our bonus content. We have a person to thank, Matthew. Oh, with thing about this episode, I'm so sorry in advance. You know, I, I, sometimes some people I think enjoy us getting angry, Matt. Well, then they're gonna love this episode. I don't know if this, per- I don't know if this person is one of them, but thank you, <laughs> Shanna, Shanna Stickler. If I, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, but thank you very much. Thank you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> this week's episode is the Frying Game. Episode DABF16 originally aired May 19th, 2002, written by John Swartzwelder, directed by Michael Polcino, received a 6.2 rating, which is approximately 6.5 million viewers, finished in 46th place for the week. Uh, the couch gag, the Simpsons are silent film characters. Um, it's fine. Yeah, it's something basic. It's, it's cute. Yeah, it's better than the episode. I'll say that. Well, that's not hard to be. Yeah, it's a, it's a low bar, but <laughs> it's something. You gotta highlight the positives, Matt. Um, the episode guest stars Carmen Electra as herself, I guess. She is herself when it's revealed that she is her, so sure. Yeah. And it's then, not like she does the voice of Mrs. Bellamy or anything. No, I was about to say, it is Frances Sternhagen as Mrs. Bellamy. Frances... Frances Sternhagen is a character actress has been on, was on a lot of Broadway. I know her as a, a, a someone from The Mist. Interesting. Who who is she in The Mist? Uh she I think she has like a headscarf on in The Mist. She's like hmm. an old lady with a headscarf in the grocery store. Okay. All right. Um, rewatch The Mist and she, better appreciate the progeny of Mrs. Bellamy. She's also a a bit part in Misery. Hmm. And, and so does she she have a secret life in Stephen King adaptations? I don't know. <laughs> well, if you don't, then no one does. So I, I retract the question. She's in a lot of television. She's been in a lot of uh, small things: Law and Order, uh, Cheers, ER, Sex and the City, The Closer. I don't know. She's 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 retired at this point. Um, no, so we're not talking about this episode. Hmm, strange. Uh, <laughs> pushing it off uh the episode begins with lenny and carl talking about random stuff and there's a clip at some point if you ask me muhammad ali in his prime was much better than anti-lock breaks yeah but what about johnny mattis versus diet pepsi oh i cannot listen to this again guys i just ordered my wife the greatest anniversary present a koi pond a koi pond 
Yeah, a meditative lily pond with big, beautiful fish that fry up really good. Oh, that's the perfect gift. Yeah, you don't even have to feed the fish because squirrels drown in it. You got this husband thing down, Homer. Yeah, you must be some kind of marriage super genius. How about a few tips? Certainly, Lenford. Make every day a celebration of your love. Surprise her with a pasta salad. Put a mini beret on your wing. Oh, this stuff is gold. Happy marriage, here I come. Hmm. This'll really help with my speed dating. I got 400 no's. That sure is some speedy dating. Ha ha. <laughs> Hello, I'm for former Surgeon General C. Everett Coop, and I'm here to tell you that this legally and only legally qualifies as humor. Wow. I think, uh, I I don't know, you guys, I disagree, guys. I think this is just perfect, pitch-perfect comedy writing. You know, Lenny and Carl saying I words. I mean Lenford. Lenford. <laughs> and they Which both, means his full name is Lenford Leonard? He doesn't have a full name, this episode tells us, Andrew. He just says Lenny. He's just, Len he's, he's him and both Carl neither have last names. They say that later in the episode. Um, excuse me, that is Lou the cop and Eddie the cop. Oh. You're conflating the dramaturgical dyads here. I stand corrected. I, I really, I'm, you may catch me on a lot of things because I, uh, found my, my, found myself, my, found my brain eating itself multiple times as I was watching this episode. I'm shocked. Shocked that your brain rejected the ability to even pay attention to this, just like mine did. It's really hard to focus on this episode because it's uh, impossible to follow. So, I was going to say, why should you focus? The writers didn't. I, yes. <laughs> and I this, this opening, I think, is very appropriate to highlight the fact that all of these... We're going to be jumping around from scene to scene, and sometimes you'll think, you'll go, hey, that doesn't make any sense. There's no really plot or character reason that we're going from this to that. And you be, and I'm going to say you're right. Uh, but we're not going to be able to highlight every single time that happens. Um, so we have introduction to one of the many plots of this episode where Homer has bought Marge a koi pond. Did you say bought and? Bought and Marge a koi pond. Okay. It's a perfectly cromulent word. <laughs> Don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, Matt, I gotta keep you on your toes. So we we I would and normally I would say that this gets it because we, we jump right after to the koi pond, but it the koi pond doesn't really matter as as much as anything in this episode matters. <laughs> it's nice to look at. Sure. It gets us to the screaming pillar. Everything in this episode gets us to the next weird plot device. Yeah, there's we we me and Matt have have criticized the inciting incident to the inciting incident to the inciting incident thing. I, I hesitate to call it. I don't know what to call it. Uh, it it a hallmark of the Scully years, certainly. Oh, the domino plot. Eventually, we get to something that does take up the meat of the episode. Except in this one, we really don't. Uh, so we just have, it's, it is like eight inciting incidents that all just stack up on top of each other. Uh, so we go to the koi pond in the backyard and now, and then we meet the screaming pillar. A koi pond! 
it's beautiful. Oh, you sweet, wonderful man-child. I finally have a peaceful place to sit and hear my own thoughts. How much money did he piss away on this? That. What the hell is that noise? That caterpillar is screaming. Oh, the poor thing's in pain. What he needs is a visit from kindly old Dr. Foot. Hold it right there, Dr. Foot. You're about to kill an endangered species, the Screamapillar which has chosen your yard as its home. Fine. I won't kill it. Finish the job. <sighs> Mr. Simpson, allowing an endangered species to die is a federal offense under the Reversal of Freedoms Act of 1994. You are now legally responsible for the safety and well-being of this Screamapillar. Everything you need to know is in this pamphlet. Screamapillar care tips. Wow, look at all this stuff. Without constant reassurance, it will die. It's sexually attracted to fire. Are you sure God doesn't want it to be dead? Hey, what's God gonna do? Make my wife leave me again? So, so many things wrong with this. I just, <laughs> I just can't. You know, what, what I really like about The Simpsons is it has relatable social and political satire. Like the way we're all sick and tired of being forced to take care of the endangered species that take up residence in our backyards under the Reversal of Freedoms Act. It is exactly. high time that somebody had the chutzpah to say something about it. And I'm glad that this is the episode that did. Relatable. This episode, this episode is absolutely all about government overreach. I, I, <laughs> I was going to say, you know... When I think of The Simpsons, I think, you know, old, Matt Groening's old adage about, you know, it's anti-authoritarianism, uh, like, you know, endangered animals, like the bald eagle and the manatee. It's important that we strike back against those monstrous, those monstrous creatures. Nature is the ultimate authority. <laughs> I guess, how dare, I, I, I don't, I, this is insane to me that this is in the simpsons that we have this the screamer miller honestly doesn't take up that much of the episode we we have been calling it the screamer pillar episode the screamer pillar is really only in it for like five minutes at most not even that because i mean the whole beginning with homer and moe's and everything that, that has nothing to do with the screamer pillar the screamer pillar is on screen for probably less than two minutes entirely right and so it, like we just refer to it as the screamer pillar episode but it, it's calling in this episode anything is probably you know misnomer because it's it's nothing uh <laughs> but it doesn't i who on earth is like what loggers and and are they the are this is who we're sticking up for about the endangered species act oh no we can't kill we can't destroy the habitat of this is not it doesn't the dangerous species act does not affect single family homeowners they're generally I don't, it's such a misrepresentation of anything about the endangered species act which has just been restricted even further so that's great uh, uh i matt does it matt ha makes a good note in our in our notes and that this man is just walter peck from ghostbusters again right because you know 
for some reason, the uh, Harold Ramis and uh, I think Bill Murray, who worked on the script of Ghostbusters, decided that what government agency should we have be jerks? Oh, that's right. The EPA. You know, the people that are trying to keep us from breathing horrible, disgusting uh, air and keep our water clean. How uh, awful. I, Why should here, they do anything okay, like that? Matt, I'm going to we're going to I will say that the Ghostbusters script also had a lot of Dan Aykroyd in it. And Dan Aykroyd is a nutcase. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one hundred percent correct. I mean, he's the one who thought, you know what, you know what, a ghost thing needs a ghost blowjob. That's what needs to happen in it. <laughs> but but separate and apart from Ghostbusters, that's the thing that kills me is there's jokes to be made about the EPA. There's ways you can make this funny. Even the Simpsons movie did a better job of it. But this is just nothing. There's no incisive take that in the ridiculous scenario of the Simpsons having to take care of an annoying caterpillar. Like, it's just so far divorced from anything approaching reality. And it's not even fun in the sort of absurd nonsense way that Schwarzwelder can can muster sometimes. It's just nothing. It's... <laughs> I did... I will say, and there, I will, I'm going to try and point out the few lines of dialogue that I think are, are clever. I don't, I don't know if I call anything in this episode funny, at least not intentionally funny, but I did find that it's sexually, the screaming pillar is sexually attracted to fire. I thought that was a fun, clever line. That's true. That's the, uh, that's the only time this episode I laugh out loud. I, I like Marge's, uh, I'll finally have time to listen to my thoughts. How much money did he piss away on this? Like, that's a good... It's a good classic Simpsons reversal. True. So we immediately, the Scream Pillar is immediately a burden because it screams at random times. It, it's trying to basically get killed at all moments of the day. Um, it, Homer goes out to read to it and then gets in some trouble. Once upon a time, there were three bears. The end. Oh, fine. I'll go back to the beginning. <gasps> oh, no! I crushed that horrible bug. What should I do? Bury it quickly before anyone finds out. Oh, I'm going to tell. The hell you will. <coughs> now we're in it together. There's no going back. <laughs> yeah! yeah. Stop what you're doing! Why don't I hear any screaming? Uh, he's sleeping. Then why don't I hear any sleep screams? Well, uh, the thing about that is, uh... <gasps> Woohoo! He's alive! <laughs> no, you can't punish me. Homer Simpson. For attempted insecticide and aggravated buggery, I sentence you to 200 hours of community service. Now, Homer got community service because he tried to kill a bug? Yes, but did not succeed. In addition, buggery is a crime, but it has nothing to do with insects. I uh, I don't know. It's just so. Hey, there's a scream pillar, and then he tries to kill it, but it doesn't even die. They can't even commit to Homer actually killing the the bug. Why not just have him kill it? I don't even like. It doesn't even matter. Just have him kill because the... it, it. It has to survive until the end, so it's part of the reveal. I, 
Oh, yes, that very clever reveal. Oh, don't you worry. We're going to get to the end. Uh, we'll, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> eventually. Unfortunately. Uh, so Homer gets sent to community service for some reason. We don't really know why. We don't know the why. There's really no whys in this episode. It's mostly... Mostly what? That's really... It's yeah. mostly what? That's more of the question you get. Um. So Homer is doing community service, and he does. he's doing Meals on Wheels. And his picture is on the side of the van. Well, obviously, they repaint every van when they give it to somebody new, Robbie. Oh, John Schwartzwater, at this point in his Simpsons writing career, I'm officially declaring this. He was bored and hated writing The Simpsons, I'm guessing. There's really no other explanation. He just had to hate write every episode. Or, or, and hear me out. Did he start taking drugs, like, right around season 11 or so? Wait, start taking drugs? Uh, <laughs> it's a fair maybe point. stop taking the other drugs. Way around. John Swartzwater always, the, the general mystique of him seemed to be, he seemed to be a, just a straight-up alcoholic. That seemed more like him than just doing a lot of weird drugs. Like, well, then why, is, why don't we just call him a writer, then? I mean, that's basically <laughs> the same thing. Hey, I, I, you're... You're talking to two writers, man, and neither of us are. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, so How he's do- dare you say that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Homer's doing Meals on Wheels. He goes to some one of the old Coots' house. Uh, he's been eating. He's, the old Coots' house. <laughs> I don't know who it is. He never gets a name, does old he? Old Jewish man. Old he has Jewish. a name. <laughs> he has a name. It's old Jewish man. <laughs> he has a name. Uh, <laughs> Homer eats the cobbler. Uh, steals his cobbler then he goes to another lady's house and she's it's like a creepy gothic mansion it looks like the uh why can't i think of it the uh the 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 the, where bart works with the ladies um maison derriere maison derriere it looks kind of like that it looks like a lot of simpsons gothic mansion stand-ins that they've done over the years uh treehouse of horror houses yeah that too so Homer has like a, a he sh- like a suddenly he's a like it it suddenly jumps into like oh no he's in a haunted house and then there's a woman there who has an axe and then he runs and hides in a closet and there's a skeleton and that's when we go to commercial six minutes and fourteen seconds in that's right we finally got into the real plot uh, luckily for Homer. <laughs> uh, Hold your last I bet answer. she's got a real good reason for having that axe. Something that's totally plausible and reasonable. Indeed. She sure does. Uh, it turns out that those skeletons are just old Halloween decorations. And the axe, well, that's for cutting the steaks from the Meals on Wheels. Because let's criticize a program that's, you know, run to help keep elderly people in, you know, w- with full of nutrition and, you know, give them human contact because, you know, not that's even, an awful thing for someone to do. Not even just the elderly, but anybody who's, you know, st- uh, home bedridden or, or stuck at home for any, any that's you know, true. handicap. Giving or... those people meals is just the worst thing we could do. We should definitely save that money for something better. So, But, but Matt, but Matt, the food is bad. <laughs> so take that, Swansons. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, luckily it's all a misunderstanding, and it turns out that this is a nice old woman named Mrs. Bellamy. So, I threw the Super Bowl so hard it hit the ceiling twice, then broke a lamp! 
<laughs> oh, Homer, I feel like I'm talking to Bennett Serp. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of compliments about my talking. Before you go, would you mind opening this jar of butter pickles? My pleasure. <laughs> oh, my. You're as strong as you are handsome. And I can ride my bike real fast. Aren't you a wonder? Can I call you the next time I need a muscular He-Man? Hey, I'm not running an employment service, you old... B oh, you mean me? I'd be delighted. So, yes, uh, this woman seems to be kind and sweet and treats Homer like the son that she probably had and annoyed into leaving. Uh, but Homer, of course, <laughs> loves the kind of attention because his mother is gone. <laughs> what a cruel aside. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, like, you, when we find out what she's actually like, you'll, you'll, it will make sense again. That so, is a promise this episode cannot I was going to say, Matt, <laughs> do not dare say that. It's none, none of this makes sense. Okay, well, at least see a little bit more of why no one wants to hang around her, because... Wait, 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 Matt. See. Important information. Bennett Cerf was one of the founders of Random House Publishing. That's good to know, because I really needed to appreciate that joke. <laughs> he was known for his wittiness and, and erudite uh, quotation. Uh, so. mm. uh, of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. I mean, it's Carmen Electra would absolutely know that information, wouldn't she? That obscure, Very possibly. Obscure reference to a man who died before she was even born. Uh, probably. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So we see Mrs. Bellamy uh, begin to call Homer uh, so much so that she calls him at work and asks him to mow her lawn. Homer, uh, in this episode, being a nice guy instead of a jerk, uh, agrees and asks Mr. Burns to cover for him in a weird gag where Mr. Burns uh, basically tries to do Homer's job for him and then, I guess, gets concerned at being caught. And it, it's a weird bit. I, I, I don't know the point of it besides to take up time. I, I, like I mean, it's... I it's mean, weird, but I like the weirdness of I it. I mean, Matt, if you're going to start saying, I don't know why this is in this episode except to take up time, I'd be like, well, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, fair enough, fair enough. That's everything so. in this episode. I hate to tell you, there's not really a rhyme or reason for any of it. That is definitely true. They're like, we so. need 24 episodes. <laughs> Let's let's you know, someone get John Schwartz with another bottle of whiskey. Let's see what he can crank. I out. I don't know. It's he I the I the 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 screen pillar was uh, from what I can gather. The screen pillar was totally Schwartzwelder thing, but all a lot of the other stuff was writer room stuff. So you know, like a lot of writing, like a lot of writer credits, you can't really put it all on the foot feet of John Schwartzwelder. It probably you know got touched by a lot of people who all deserve our ire that is so very true let's be mad at them as we continue i'm i'm uh, working on it <laughs> all right so homer is exhausted from helping mrs bellamy so much so uh when marge sees this she decides to go over and give mrs bellamy a good talking to and saying oh you know his homer his, his family needs homer uh, at least as much. So, and of course, Mrs. Bellamy gives her a guilt trip about uh, her whole husband and how much she needs Homer. And oh, Marge is a dear. While she's there, could you fix these socks for her? And of course, Marge does because apparently that's how Mrs. Bellamy works. She compliments people until they feel bad for her and do things. So, hey, hey Matt. Yeah. Can I ask why? 
why people do nice things for her. Why are we watching this happen on the, in this episode? Robbie, if you're going to ask why things happen, this is going to be a very long episode. <laughs> I'm, I, it, it's just, I, I just want to, it, it's the thing that I'm asking every time. Like, why are we, why are Homer and Mars w- working for this old lady? No, like, no, they need, it, it's very clear. Carmen Electra is known for her guile and schemingness, and they need to establish that at this point in the episode. That's how we know it's her later. Why is she friends with all the old ladies in Springfield if she's Carmen Electra? Uh, because they basically made out the uh, Mrs. Bellamy out of whole cloth, and she's been studying for this role for years, in fact. Uh, Mrs. Bellamy is actually played by a rotating cast of characters, and Carmen Electra is just the latest person to take over the role. It's like 007. Mrs. Bellamy is just a code name. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of which... Eventually, uh, the whole family uh, ends up working for her, including the kids. They're all over there doing chores while Mrs. Bellamy sits with her uh, aforementioned friends, including the rich old white lady, Agnes Skinner. And there's one other one I, I don't remember. Uh, not important. Uh, but they're making old lady jokes at the expense of other old ladies and the Simpsons themselves. Rich rich old white lady? Is that her actual character's name? Uh, that's the only thing I've ever called her. So, sure. Why not? Okay. All right. So uh, while uh, Mrs. Bellamy has her friends over, uh, the Simpsons are working hard, and eventually they leave. Mrs. Bellamy uh, goes to another part of the house and screams. Uh, That's all we hear. And then Marge and Homer run in to find Mrs. Bellamy dying on the floor and a man with braces having stolen her diamond necklace. So she's dead now. Yep, Mrs. Bellamy, the sweet old lady who is manipulative towards the Simpsons, is now dead. So, oddly enough, the police show up and start a real investigation, which is not what you expect with the Springfield police, but they do. So let me get this straight. This mysterious man with braces just stabbed the old lady and disappeared. Without a trace. Found her will, Chief. It was just changed to leave the Simpsons $50,000. Oh, so it's a good thing she died. From our point of view. Financially. Well, I'd like to thank you both for cooperating with... Did you do it? Chief Wiggum, Homer and I are innocent. I'm sorry, much. I, I can't believe I tried to trick you with such an underhand... Did you do it? No! Now, if you'll excuse us, we'll just be... Does that ever work? No, nah, it never does. Fuck em, Lou. Yeah, sure, go ahead. I'll be back on the streets by dinner time. You'll see. So, yes, uh, this is actually one of the better gags in the episode because I really enjoy when Homer yelled back. <laughs> but I don't understand why they arrest Chief Wiggum. But sure, why not? But Matt, you skipped right over Zuh-guh-ba, that brilliant bit of Simpsons wordplay that it's known for. Yeah, yeah, I did. Let's continue to skip right past that. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously at this point, uh, with Mrs. Bellamy's will having been changed to give the Simpsons money and, you know, the them being the ones who found her body, uh, they are the prime suspects. Everyone is scared of Marge and Homer. Everyone looks down on them. Homer begins making, uh, you know, phrases around town saying, oh, I'd kill somebody for this. And of course, everyone believes him because they suspect he killed Mrs. Bellamy. So everyone is scared of him. Mo gives him whatever he wants. Uh, church ends up being only a couple minutes long because Reverend Lovejoy uh, doesn't want to get killed, which I'm sure we've all tried to do at one point or another. Luckily, most reverends and preachers are uh, a little made of sterner stuff than Reverend Lovejoy, uh, so it doesn't work. Uh, there's also a death tour, or a Springfield murder tour, that goes past their house. 
And of course, Marge tries to disabuse the people on the murder tour of what happened. Homer instead uses it as a taxi service because it goes right by their house, obviously. That's a good gag. I like that, that gag, is- too. And I'll say, I think this is probably the funniest stretch of the episode that for whatever reason, the show is better able to wring laughs out of the fact that Homer and Marge are murder suspects than anything else here. Why that is, I don't know, but it seems to be so. Just because of how weak the rest of the plot is. And it's going to get way, way worse as it goes on. Uh, Because the next thing that happens is that the police begin to ransack the Simpsons' house. Why they didn't do this immediately, I couldn't tell you, but apparently it's been several days. Why? I... Why? Why what, Robbie? Why? 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 How? Whatever. Why would they? How? How? How could they? If they are, how? <laughs> I'm really. Which they, Robbie? The writers? <laughs> no, I'm gonna try and not frame it. Frame it as questions about. I mean, I will frame those questions probably at the end uh, uh, after we start talking about how this thing could possibly get out the, the shape it came out in. But my question is, the police are at the crime scene and there's a dead body. Homer and Marge are there. Wiggum is immediately suspicious of them. And Marge herself says they took the man with braces, took the diamond necklace. Wouldn't the police have searched Homer and Marge right at that moment because they're there. Absolutely. And then they They wouldn't have, they they would have searched them and the house that they're in. And they would have found nothing at that moment. And then they would have gone, Oh, well, someone else must've taken it. And then I'm sorry. I I don't want to introduce too much logic into this episode because God forbid it might, it would, they're like a black hole would rip open. I was going to say this episode would melt down into constituent (laughs) atoms. If you try to introduce any logic whatsoever, space time continuum would be torn asunder. I think this, I think this portion of the episode is the funniest part, I guess, but it still just makes no sense to me. Like when you look at other murder mysteries, the Simpsons have done over the years, they all make sense. Like logically and which mysteries have to make sense. If you want to write a mystery, you have to have a rationality to it. It has to have logical, like you, you can't just, you, you have to foreshadow things and you have to include red herrings and you have to, it has to be laid out cleverly, which the Simpsons have done multiple times prior. But this has nothing it has there it there's nothing no logic things are and we're just like supposed to accept that this is what's happening now because why why because you'll mm. take what we give you and you'll like it that's uh, what it seems like at this point uh, so what happens where do they what do the police find in so, the simpsons house the Matt? police uh while wiggum is going through barge's underwear drawer again and again but avoiding homer's uh underwear drawer uh lou finds the necklace uh in maggie's room because maggie's playing with it because that makes all the sense in the world how so did wiggum how arrests did homer how did how no, no i'm gonna how? end this act <laughs> <laughs> Homer, Wiggum arrests Homer and Marge we go to commercial now you can ask your questions how did Maggie get the necklace because obviously the Simpsons are stupid and just left it hanging out in their house no the but, worst criminals ever no but literally we are the the twist ending of this thing says that they are framed to be a part of a TV reality game show and 
Someone planted the necklace there. How did they do that? They broke into the Simpsons' home and planted the necklace in the baby's room? When? How? I, I think if past history has shown anything, it's that News Corp and the Fox Network have, are capable of breaking into people's private spaces and, and planning what they want there. <laughs> Ooh. Got some political jokes in here, guys. Uh, topical. Topical. Um, I just, it, it, it's just those things. Like, it, and this, this is really just me planning, hey, how bad this ending is, because we're going to get to the ending. And all these things are the reasons why. Because all these things happen, and we don't know how they happen, we don't know why, and we are never told how or why. We are just told, oh, don't think about it. That's not, you can't do that! It's less funny if you think about it. That's not true at all! It's the best. The, That's how the, humor works, Robbie. The more you think about humor, the worse it gets. Everyone be, knows that. The best comedies are the ones that I can think about over and over again, and they're still funny. No, that doesn't sound right. Okay. Uh, act 3 begins. We're 14 minutes and 14 seconds in to this television program. Uh, I use that definition, use those words vaguely and without without real uh, intention. This is very this is barely television, I would I would actually say. So Marge and Homer are now in jail for murder and th- and theft, I guess, grand theft. Um and so the kids get taken in by Cletus and his family. Now don't worry, kids. You'll be placed with a caring foster family. Youngins, meet your new brother and sister. Days worth five dollars a day, counting money. I'm Bart, and this is Lisa. Damn city names. From now on, you're Dangus Squatford Jr. and Pamela E. Lee. But I like my old name. You hush up, Dangus. That's right, you hush up, Dangus. This is the moment where my brain cracked. <laughs> Why, Robbie? I don't know. I I think I had just taken in. I had taken to. I couldn't. I was at the point where I couldn't believe anymore. Like it felt like I had entered a different reality. Like this is like some. Like I was being pranked. Like they had made this felt. At this point, I'm like, oh, this is a parody. Someone else made a Simpsons episode as a joke. Like if it, it felt like Indiana Jones four. It felt like it felt like oh, this is just like a big joke. Isn't this funny? And because and I just started laughing like i the third act is terrible all of it and yet i was laughing the entire time while i watched i i like something just cracked in my brain where i was just giggling at everything that happened (laughs) just because it's so it's it the simpsons this is the episode that did it to me i i didn't laugh at simpsons safari I didn't laugh at It's a Mad, 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 Mad Marge. I didn't laugh at Homer and Kidney Trouble. I, this has entered It's So Bad, It's Funny territory. This entered, like, the room. That is what this is to me. Like, it, I, I have gotten, I've gone past rage with this episode. That's why I think I've been laughing so much while we're talking about it. It's just like, I, it's like, it feels, I know this isn't true. I know that The Simpsons writers released in the creative team released this as an honest attempt at making a Simpsons episode. I don't think in any part of this is like, Hey, we're intentionally making a terrible episode of the Simpsons. (laughs) 
Isn't it though? Isn't it? It makes me feel better if that is what it was, but it's definitely not that. There's, it's, it's, it can't be. I refuse. It's just there's too many, too much awkward and terrible stuff that, and in comparison, like there's no tells for it. There's no tells the satire parody or anything. It's just bad, you know. But I at this moment when just when they start when they introduce the kids with their redneck names, I just start laughing and I laughed for like the last five minutes of this episode because I was I was kind of astounded. I was just struck and I was like cast into like a pit of mania because of what this episode does. I mean, that's a reasonable reaction to your brain trying to, you know, cut off oxygen to itself. <laughs> it's really just a self-defense mechanism. I I, th- I mean, that's what it was. I think I've that's where I've gotten where it has to be, you know, my brain's like, oh, you need to be be safe, Robbie. Be safe. It's like, hey, let's turn let's turn off the parts that make you mad. Let's just make you let's just release some endorphins. And ha you laugh. Isn't that funny? Um, So the kids are gone. And they're basically gone for the rest of this episode. They appear very briefly at the end. Um, I was going to say, it's it's worth noting that this seems like the start of a B-plot that just never happens. No, there's no scenes with the kids in Cletus' family. There's no real reason why they, they give the kids to Cletus. It's really just because they had that one joke. They're like, who do the kids live with? Um, Oh, they live with Cletus, and, the Cle- and Cletus renames them. And that's the joke. And But we don't talk to them ever again. Oh, let's say... Cletus. Seven. There's seven minutes left in this episode. I don't know how. I am so. I don't know how this episode goes on for seven more minutes. It seems insane to me. So Homer and Marge are now at. We go to a trial where Gil is their lawyer for some reason. Yeah, it's like Gil hasn't been a lawyer. It's always been Lionel Hudson. I guess this is the impact of Troy McClure leaving, but no. Me, Phil Hartman, Matt. Yeah, what did I say? Troy McClure. Troy McClure, which is, I mean, is also Phil Hartman. Uh, but yes. I was going to say, I feel bad for the writers. There's no way you can replace Phil Hartman, and there's no way you can replace Lionel Hutz. But at the same time, Gil is just a, a very sorry replacement. I would say here, this is, I'm going to say a third option, which I've said prior to this, which they don't, they didn't do, especially at this point, uh, where they find a talented comedic actor and write in a new character that's not Gil or don't have Lionel Hutz come back, but just have a different lawyer that's zany in a different way. You know, Lionel Hutz was like a sleazy, terrible lawyer. Let's have a different kind of terrible lawyer. Like, you can... We can't do that? (laughs) We have to have Gil... Gil... Pathetic Gil. Robbie, it takes a lot of work to make a new character, come up with a voice, all that stuff. It's just easier to let Gil do it. It takes money. You have to hire someone, and I don't think they were they're like they just don't do that for a very long time. Um so Gil is their lawyer. They're facing the blue haired lawyer. That's his name, Matt. The blue haired lawyer. Yep. That's and, correct. <laughs> and uh they get convicted within like five minutes. Uh another like insane uh, and they get sentenced to the electric chair, which uh, seems awful fast because I'm pretty sure you're allowed to, you know, appeal those rulings. I, Matt, again, you could, I guess, you could defend it, saying, "Oh, well, the the game show pulled all the strings behind the scenes to make all this stuff happen." But then no yeah, one is aware of it. Though. Everyone's, yeah, everyone's surprised. Like everyone, like Wiggum and the judge and everything. Like, wait, what? 
And it it would make the slightest bit of sense if, if you know Fox paid off the city of Springfield. Hey, if you let us frame one of your citizens for our reality show, we'll give you $100,000 for your municipal works. That makes total sense. You could even see Mayor Quimby walking away like, uh, I have uh, consulted with the judges and I find this is in the uh, broader interest of health and well-being of the citizenry. Now, if you'll excuse me, and he you know, walks off to some desert island or something, like you can totally make this work. But no, not even that small thing you could do that make this just nonsense crap pile make the tiniest bit of reasonable sense. Just <laughs> nonsense crap pile. Um, and so they go to jail, Homer and Marge. And this is the, this sequence is actually the thing that bothers me the most about this episode. Like the ending is terrible and the screenplay is awful and the rest of the episode makes no sense. But the fact that they try and make this earnest plea to our emotions and pull like Homer and Marge's like relation and Homer trying, uh, Homer after, uh, you know, uh, a, 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 after, after Marge opens her heart and says how she's, how upset she is about dying. Oh, no kidding. Uh, Homer decides to, uh, confess and get her off. I just keep thinking about everything we're going to miss. The kids growing up grandchildren <laughs> I want to confess I killed and robbed the old lady all by myself Marge is completely innocent the only thing she's guilty of is loving too much the murder I did congratulations Mrs. Simpson your husband confessed to everything you're free to go oh, my love you saved my life you do it for me. I, I have so many things that are wrong with this. Just so many. Uh, I, I, I don't... So thing number one, this is just absolutely not how the, the judicial system works. And maybe Fox bribed the, the prison or God knows what else. Or, or hey, you know, the execution is all a farce anyway. So maybe the, the entire prison thing is a farce. So maybe you can write that off. Step two. Step two... I admire the effort to try to inject some heart and sentiment into this episode. It is, you know, say what you will about this episode, and I, I have and will say plenty more. But at the very least, this isn't, for the most part, jerk-ass Homer. It is a, a version of him who is at least trying to do a good thing. But because the situation doesn't build to it in any meaningful way, because... There's no part of this that makes sense up to this point. It just feels entirely tacked on and unearned. There's no groundwork that is laid for the, the Simpsons' emotional trajectory to reach this point. It's just something that happens. Mind you, after Homer propositions his wife through the prison bars where there's other death row inmates out there. Like, it's just – it is such a, a – reasonable thing to attempt in an entirely unreasonable way to attempt it. And, and the third thing, which is just, just weird. Am I crazy here? I think Homer's line readings are just really odd. Like the, uh, Marge's only crime is loving me too much. The murder I did. Like, what does that even mean? And, and at the end, when he says 
Now you do it for me. Like, I know it's supposed to be kind of a, a reversal gag. Like, he doesn't understand what he's done, which, A, completely undercuts the emotional sacrifice that he's making here. But, B, is still going on where they're playing the sad musical sting that's supposed to be a cue to the audience to care and, and feel bad in this situation. The whole thing is just so god very frustratingly miscalibrated. <laughs> yeah. So Andrew, I think that could be the tagline for this particular episode. And you said the word unearned. Hmm. Unearned, you say. You, you, they didn't do enough work for you? You know, when they jumped between 18 different plots prior to this moment? When they made everything so silly and stupid? And then they suddenly jumped to a scene where immediately after Marge refuses to have sex with Homer in a crowded jail cell? <laughs> ah! Uh... Are you are you trying to imply that this episode might have been like a little rushed and put and put together? Like the line readings are a little uh, hastily edited, or or you know the writing itself is you know not not uh, cohesive. But but that's what kills me is we've had episodes where the writing has been rushed before, and where they've packed multiple storylines into one episode where none of them have time to breathe. It's particularly poor here. It's particularly bad. But those weird line readings, it just feel like a base level shoddiness that I don't expect from a fairly professional show on a sort of craft and technical level, even when the writing has gone off the rails. There's just so much wrong. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you wanted, Robbie. This is why you had me on so that you could break my brain, too. I did. I did. Uh, I, you know, I, I needed, I wanted to share the love, so to speak. The love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the love. So, I just, I want to outline that this was a, this is, this is an episode of a television show, uh, the longest running television show of all time, uh, run by some of the smartest com- com- comedian, comedic writers of all time, some of the best voice actors of all time, uh, and they thought this was okay. Uh, they thought this was a perfectly acceptable thing to release uh, for millions of people to watch on their primetime television. Um, Homer takes the blame now. He is alone in, in jail going to get executed. Uh, this all, again, happens so very quickly. Uh, he's just... you Normally, you're on death row for years before you get executed. Decades. Yes. Um, but no, he's like it's like, what, a couple days? <laughs> he's go. I think it's the next day, actually, because he's eating his last meal. We had to make a joke about him having uh, terrible like diarrhea for during his execution. Isn't that a funny joke? Mm-hmm. Ah! Okay, so... And then we get uh, an extended Green Mile parody. Whatever, Topical. What everyone was asking for, where they, like, literally, you know, uh, John Coffey and the Little Mouse... A dead man walking on the green mile. They say all the words. They do all the things. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan, uh, rest in peace, wisely decided not to do this character, thankfully. Um, but it's just, and it it goes on. It It's like this whole sequence is like minutes long at this point. Um, we get like, and they, they're trying to give it gravitas. They're trying to make it feel impactful. I don't know why, because the rest of this episode didn't mean make any sense leading to this point. It might you could just isolate this scene. And you're like, well, why, why, what, why is this happening? 
so they march him to the execution chamber, the electric chair, and they sit him down and they're gonna they're gonna electrocute him and then we get the big reveal. <laughs> Hello? Yes, Governor! No, Governor, it's not too late. Yes, Governor, I'll tell him right away. The Governor says he hopes you're a twitcher. Oh, yes. Oh. Chin up, Homer. We gotta put an electrode there to ground the brainstem. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye, March. I'll always love you. You're on frame-up! What? That's right! Homer Simpson, you're the latest victim of the new reality show, Frame-Up! <gasps> it's the man with the braces! I'm also your host! Now, let's meet a ghost! Mrs. Bellamy? There never was a Mrs. Bellamy. Only me, Carmen Electra. I knew it! And I'm some actor they hired! Frame-Up is Fox's latest hit! Right after No Pants Island and Fart Date. This whole thing was a joke? Oh, I've never been so relieved, relieved and angry. So, wait a minute, wait a minute. You tied up the judicial system costing the city millions of dollars just for a TV show? Yes. A and I'm going to be in the show? Yes. Can Eddie and Lou have producer credits? Yep. Now, what are your last names? Uh, we don't have them. Uh, we're, we're like Cher. Oh, homie, I'm so lucky to be married to such a selfless and loving man. Mom, Dad, thank God you're okay. We were in the green room. I had so much shrimp. Well, I'm glad everyone's all right. But I think you should be ashamed, toying with a human life for TV ratings. Uh, Homer, my face is up here. I've made my choice. I know we're not supposed to put logic into this because again it all melts away but one why would you undercut homer's final speech by having him stare at carmen electra's boobs two does this mean bart and lisa never actually went to cletus they just were hanging out somewhere else the whole time and three didn't wiggum and the police check to see if the woman was actually dead mrs bellman was actually dead and they're supposedly not in on it there okay i said my piece Uh, I mean, Matt, why, why would it start making sense now? Why, why? Oh, you mean? I know, I know. I just none of it makes sense. This is all nonsense. This, it's, it's just a, a, a random assemblage of scenes. I mean, it's not, it, it it's not an episode. It, it's a parody. This is what this is. Tommy Wiseau makes The Simpsons. Yeah, sounds about right. It's like someone described a Simpson. Oh, Robbie, it seems you are the expert. <laughs> Tearing me apart, Matt Groening. Uh, oh, Lisa was right there. But Lisa is not the not not. She's not it. She's. I'm not going to blame Lisa for this. She's a fictional you can't character. Can't blame it all on Lisa. She's a fictional character. She doesn't. <laughs> she's not responsible. <laughs> uh, I. I. No, they don't. They don't care. They don't. I don't know. 
I, I again, I've said this before, but I, I would be ashamed to have my name on something like this to try and push this out on television and say, hey, look, we made a show, an episode of your of your favorite show. Oh. I mean, that's true, but they probably didn't have much of a choice. They didn't have much of a choice. Yeah, they're probably if I want a job, I have to like work on this terrible episode. I, make it better. Well, good luck with that. I mean, it's not rocket science. Like all. Like this again. This is a first. This is even. This is not even a first draft. Like, how can you explain what happens in this? Like, this is literally what happens in this episode. Homer buys Marge a koi pond. She finds a screaming pillar on it. They get a. Uh, 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 they get uh, confronted by the EPA. The EPA makes them take care of the caterpillar. They accidentally almost hurt it. Homer gets sentenced to community service, starts working for an old lady. The old lady starts Homer and Marge and the rest of the family working for her. The old lady gets murdered and her diamond necklace gets stolen. Homer and Marge get framed for the murder, get arrested, and then go to prison. Homer puts, you know, takes claim of the murder so Marge can go free. Homer gets ex- oh, is about to get executed, then we revealed that they were framed by a game show. That's the order of events. That is what happens yep. in this episode. What on earth is that? I wa I like go back and watch a season three episode of The Simpsons. A season two episode of The Simpsons. They're so simple and so I was here, this is a I'm gonna tip my hand. Matt, uh for your trivia questions, they're all from uh the Blowfish episode. And I was looking, okay. I, I went back and I was watching it because I was thinking like Homer dying. That's I was like, oh, what happens? And I was trying to like connect the dots there. So I went back and I'm like, and there's a scene in that episode where Homer, he has his list of the things he wants to get done before he dies. And one of them is listen to Lisa play the saxophone. And there's just this, it's a, it's a scene where it's mostly kind of just character and empty and they let the characters fill the scene. They let the characters fill that space. And Lisa's like, oh, I guess you want me to turn off, you know, and stop, you know, stop playing. And Homer's like, no, I want you to play something. And she starts playing something sad. And it draws out character from Homer. He starts being feeling sad because he's about to die. He thinks he's dying. And then she, Lisa notices this because she's empathetic. She starts playing when the saints go marching in. And this is my favorite part. Of that scene is because and they play they play for a bit and Homer starts singing he gets lyrics wrong but he's just he's happy because he's spending time with his little girl before he dies and it's just a joyous scene with these two characters we both really we we, we like them both so much and then and they go through it and then my and this is I think my favorite part of this scene is they cut away they cut outside the house and they just have Homer and Lisa's playing muted a little bit it's 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 dialed down because we are outside the house now but it's it's telling us look how loud this is they're it's he's they're celebrating this together and it doesn't have to be hilarious it's they're not trying to like hey we need to make a joke about this real quick snap 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 what if we don't tell a joke right now what's gonna happen are people gonna turn the channel can't have that blah 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 no it's just hey We'll pull back. We'll let the gravity of the scene speak for itself. It's full of confidence and and, and, and intelligence, and it's funny, but it doesn't need it. It's not trying to be, oh, we need to be the funniest thing in the world. It understands 
that it needs to tell a story about these characters for us to be engaged with this episode. There's nothing yeah, in this. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, I, it's just inc- every time we watch one of these, and this is one of the worst yet. I don't know. I'm not going to admit to the worst episode ever, even though Andrew certainly thinks it is. Uh, it, but what are you doing? What's happening? What? It's 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 crusty worker and parasite reaction gif. That's that's what this is. <laughs> but but for me, I feel like the ending is what puts it over the top because I think this is far from the first Simpsons episode that has consisted of a bunch of random stuff. Especially in the Scully years, the show would get aimless, it would lose direction. And you would just kind of have one event bleeding into the other. I think that's fairly common. The the thing that gets me is that this ending just retroactively tears down everything the episode tried to do up to that point. Like, it tries to sell you a murder mystery. It tries to sell you this Homer sacrifice. It tries to sell you on the tension of the situation of what's going to happen to Homer. And then just said, all of that was meaningless. It's all this big, stupid ruse that doesn't make sense if you think about it for five seconds. And on top of that, it's just a a lame humor episode. Like, there's a handful of decent gags in it, but it's not even one of those where you're like, well, it's just kind of a a gag fest, but at least the gags are enjoyable. There's just so little to latch onto here. And I, I try. I really try. I go into every Simpsons episode, no matter how many times I've seen rough stuff go on hoping that there'll be something to latch on to that i like these characters i like these writers i like this world there's usually something for me and this is one where you just hit rock bottom and they hand you a shovel <laughs> pretty much yeah uh, i can't disagree much this episode's miserable um don't watch it if you haven't yet never watch it Unless you like, please no, or, like, unless you have to, like we did, do not or, watch this. Or like, I, I mean, I, I didn't, I did laugh at it mostly because of how bad it was. So maybe if you're looking for that, it's not, it, I, you know, it's not a, f- f- it's not like racist or sexist or anything. So there's that. Like I can, I can, it's, it's a, a very clean demonstration of ineptitude. We'll rank it at the end of the show. Hey, hey, man. Robbie, is this episode broken? I don't even need to ask you. Of course it freaking is. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see. Quick fix, quick fix. Ah. I had to play the music, man. It's very important. <laughs> uh, sure it is. Sure, sure it is, Robbie. <laughs> okay. It's absolutely obvious. Yes, of course. <laughs> like, well, yeah, we've been railing against it for, you know, 40 minutes now or whatever it's been. Probably an hour at this point. Yeah, an hour. Um, I don't know. I'll, okay, I'll ask you, Andrew. Is there anything in this episode that's salvageable? So I, I don't think you could make this episode great or even good, but I think you could make it passable. And to do that, I think you need to do three things. Thing number one, cut out the Scream of Pillar entirely. Not just because it's annoying, because it's pointless. Start the episode with Homer having to do community service. You can set that up in one line, and then you can actually have space for the events in the episode to breathe. It's not going to be perfect, but it'll be something, and you'll waste less time. Point number two, 
have mysterious things happen that suggest this could be a reality show. It doesn't have to be out and out suggestions, but you know, Homer opens a door and there's a video camera for no reason. He just goes, huh, that's weird. And closes it. You know, they, they run into a production truck, something, the very slightest of things to set up that bonkers ass ending. And third, Somewhere in the beginning of the episode, or even in the middle of the episode, set up some emotional trajectory where Homer is being selfish. Maybe he's having fun at his community service and he won't take the kids along. Or, uh, you know, again, you set up the selfishness in some way that like, well, you know, I used to enjoy my family, but now there's Mrs. Bellamy, who's very kind to me. So I like going over to here. You set up that Homer is selfish so that at the end... When he is self-sacrificing, when he is willing to give up his life so that Marge can go back and enjoy the kids, there is some meaning to it. There is some call and response there. I'm not saying it would make it funnier. I'm not saying it would make the sequence of events suddenly click into place as a, a reasonable thing. But I think if you did those, you could actually get to a decent episode, if not necessarily a good one. I, you're, you're right. I would just throw it away but that's just me. Yeah. It seems like there are so many better ideas that could have been developed into an episode than this. Like there there doesn't need to be whatever this is. This was like, Hey, John Schwarzer has an idea about some weird caterpillar. Oh, just let him do it. He's written like 70 episodes. He's, he'll just annoy us. If we don't let him just let him do it. (laughs) He'll just annoy (laughs) us. It felt like I give him a cake to ruin. Yeah. Like here. Yeah. Just give him. You have your own cake in the kitchen. Um, yeah, I don't, it's terrible. It's, we're splitting hairs at this point. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for comments of the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments of the news group is where I look through the alt. It's not, oh wait, no, that's wrong. I look through the nohomers.net forums. Look uh, at the reviews for episode as it came out. See what people thought about it at the time. Get some, get some solid data, uh, some really solid data here. Uh, so uh, they have a, they have a poll every week, and seven percent give it a, a perfect score, five out of five, perfect. I don't know what those what are wrong. What's wrong with those people? Oh, they're so so awful. And then near who, oh, who hurt you? Almost thirty six percent give it a four out of five, which is the largest amount. By the way, it's the majority is is four out of five, and then three out of five give it nearly thirty percent. So combined, it's like nearly three quarters of the audience say this is three or five, three out of five or better. No, no, that doesn't sound right, Rob. I think you got that wrong. No, you have to have gotten I got that wrong. The, I'm looking at math right here. It's it's almost. And then we got 13, 13, almost 14 percent. Give it a two out of five. And finally, 13 percent. Give it a one out of five. That's a pretty high number for one out of five. So I'll say that, like, usually it's like in the single digits. They went into double digits for this one. So maybe these people are very reticent to give bad scores. It, it, I've been watching The Watchmen lately, and I, I have to ask, I, I don't remember it. Was there like an early 2000s event where a, a psychic squid just neutralized everybody's brain around this time? And I just don't remember it, possibly because of that psychic squid? Uh, no, I don't think. There was no psychic squid attack that killed millions of people. Um, that you know of. 
<laughs> I mean, the whole point of that was that, you know, it unified a country beyond, you know, against a single enemy. So I think it would not have erased my memory. It would have really made it very clear that there was a giant psychic squid. That was just a story, Robbie. Oh, I see. I, I got some reviews. Uh uh, first, yes, as you will read from my post at the top of this page, I nearly cried when Marge thought of all that she would miss. Then Homer being strapped into the chair, the music, Wiggum crying, made it very emotional, and the ending didn't really bother me. When Homer cried and then they pulled the switch, I thought I was going to cry too. Making it part of your reality show rather than a lesson by the town, like Scully did in The Great Money Caper, made it much more realistic and satirical. I really did enjoy this episode. Very emotional. I'm pretty sure that person should be sequestered from society. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, a, a short but sweet one right here. Some quite funny stuff floating around in a crazy plot. C++. I don't know why they had to give two pluses, but they did. Uh, That's Drambuie. It's Finally, when does the hurting stop? This episode really, really stunk, and it deserves a two out of five rating. Though I voted four out of five on accident, so there you go. There, yeah. we need, we need uh, hanging. There's hanging, hanging chads. <laughs> Get it? Remember Russians with ballot. Uh, the first act was horrible. The screwy pillar. Never have I seen such a stupid plot device in my life. The second and third acts weren't too great either, and I just plain hated the ending. However, there were a couple of decent jokes to save from the realms of one out of five. Reverend Lovejoy's fight with the Catholic was interesting. Was it? Pretty sure we skipped right over that for we, a very good reason. We, we skipped over... There's a lot of stuff we just skip over because it's not good. Uh, and there was some emotion. <laughs> Technically correct. <laughs> Technically correct. It was surprising when Homer wanted to sacrifice his life for Marge, and it was slight, slightly touching. Still, I hated this episode. Weird how I voted 5 out of 5 in last week's episode, huh? Uh, and then the final review, which I thought was... It actually made me laugh. What the hell are you people thinking? Typical new episode crap. Screwy Pillar sucked. Meals on Wheels sucked. Game Show suckety suck sucked. I'm so disappointed. The only thing I was surprised about was how Homer sacrificed himself for Marge. Very touching. This episode was the suckiest bunch of sucks to ever suck. That is yes. exactly right. <laughs> exactly correct. <laughs> Uh, that's about it for, <laughs> oh man, I don't remember my feelings when I first saw this episode. It was 2002. I was in high school. Were you still even watching the show then? I, yes. I, I draw, I stopped watching new episodes in about season 15. When I went to college is when I stopped watching. Wow. Okay. So I, I almost certainly watched this live. I don't remember having any feelings about it at all. Probably because I was a high schooler and did, I didn't, I had bigger fish to fry like my hormones. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is what is the weirdest or who is the weirdest guest star? Lots of very good answers uh, from AJ. The story around the Michael Jackson appearance is certainly a contender, both how they portrayed the character, how he was credited, and the behind the scenes. And Jackson himself is a pretty weird dude. Uh, Matthew, Katy Perry in the weird Muppet fever dream that happens at the end of the fight before Christmas. Why is she Moe's girlfriend? Why are they going to make out at the Simpsons house so much? Why? Uh, Hannah, seeing Mel Brooks in the show is pretty surreal, especially since she is harassed to perform for everyone is basically treated like a golden 
curse word. Green Day were criminally underused in the movie. They have a unique sound. It could have been more than insert popular music group here. They are funny dudes, but a random pick for no reason. I always find the inclusion of George Harrison to be hilariously random. Not going to get him to sing. Not going to get him to pontificate. Nope. Just at a party, eating a brownie, and driving through random small towns to judge spontaneous concerts. Take your pick. I picked them all. Uh, from Jenny. Leonard Nimoy. Not because it was weird that he was on The Simpsons, but because he was so weird in the Monterey ep- Monorail episode. A solar eclipse. The cosmic ballet goes on. Come on. You guys aren't going to... Does anyone want to change seats? Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Uh, from Zach. For me, it's Ernest Borgnine. I never knew who he was prior to seeing him on The Simpsons, and now, years later, I still only know him from The Simpsons. He's also Mermaid Man of SpongeBob SquarePants fame. Yes, that's the... That is very important to know. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> I mean, it's more relevant than... I'm here any, to educate the people. More relevant than any of the other roles he's been in. You know, in the movie, the movie's like, they're 70 years old or whatever. Uh, from James, I just read about Robert Evans passing and immediately remembered being confused by his appearance in the show. I get his historical significance in the film industry, but seeing as how he wasn't big at the time, nor was he known for being in front of the camera, I can't help but wonder why. Perplexed, you betcha. Uh, from Eric, I vote for Thomas Pinchon. Did he technically appear on the show at all? His voice did. Uh, employee Millionaire Benjamin, Katy Perry in the last segment of The Fight Before Christmas. The worst thing is that she looks so uncomfortable filming it. Lauren at LCOM88. Lady Gaga was pretty weird and wasteful. They could have done something cool instead of playing herself. Uh, Becca at B. Grizz. Willie Nelson. I love Behind the Laughter, but Willie is so randomly shoehorned in. Uh, Philippe at Phil Martell 27. There are many weird ones, but from the Simpsons world point of view, I have to go with Adam West. It's a very funny scene. He brings us in his deep thoughts and he weirds out Homer and the kids. Uh, and finally, Will at Will's World MN. Renato and Marge Gamer. Was he really needed to expose Lisa as a flopper? I mean, all these answers have a lot of similarities in like, you know, why? Because they're all like, oh, did there for less than 30 seconds. You're just like, why did you bother the celebrity for this? You could have just randomly used a voice. Um, what's your answer, Matt? There are so many. Of these. I, really, all of them. Uh, I, I'm going to put my vote in for the Katy Perry thing uh, because it just, like they said, it looks so uncomfortable for everyone involved that it just hurts my brain. But you really, you could pick any of them. <laughs> there's a lot. I was looking through the lists and there's so many that are, especially in the post golden years, you're like, why? Andrew, what is your answer? I'm going to go with Jasper Johns. He he makes sense because oh. he shows up in the art episode, but it's such a weird get for the show. And then to depict him as this weird stealing moocher guy, it's it's a lot of odd choices all around. I, as I said, I looked down the list to try to get inspiration and then I, and it made me remember something and I did not realize that, that, that Andy Serkis was did a voice for the simpsons he was cleany really in dude where's my ranch oh wow cleany wow a, a 12 second golem joke oh wow i can't believe that was actually him oh my gosh that was andy circus i guess they needed him to do a hobbit the golem voice for that 12 second bit where they have a guy at the ranch who cleans for whatever reason. Oh, okay. Uh, very strange. Uh, next week's question. What is the worst ending? Your least favorite. You know, whatever. Oh, that. Oh, can we just say all of season 12? I mean, you'll get your chance next week, Matt. Fair enough. 
Uh, I'll post this question on the social media, facebook.com slash the Simpsons show pod, Twitter at Simpsons show pod. You can email us at Simpsons show pod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, we're getting close. We're nearing the end. Thank God. It is time for the no Google trivia challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The no Google trivia challenge. This where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. Uh, we ha- Matt has a th- what two point two point lead on me. I believe it's two point two points two episodes to go, including this one. Uh, give me an easy question, Matt. All right, all of your questions this week are from Lisa the Iconoclast, Ooh. which I believe is from one of your favorite seasons. So hopefully you know these. Uh, anyway, your easy question: What was Jebediah Springfield's name before he changed it? Hans Sprungfeld. You are correct, sir. You're easy. And like I said, Matt, these are all from Redfish, Bluefish, Blowfish, Bluefish. Whatever. Okay. It's not the I just it's not the right name. Uh what does Homer eat that fatally poisons him? <sighs> That's yes, blowfish. Although it doesn't actually fatally poison him, but you know, you understand. Yeah. I get you. Your medium question. What food is Hollis Hurlbut making when Lisa finds the silver tongue he hid? Johnny Cakes. You are correct. Your children's. And your children's children. Three months. For three months. You're meeting me question. Uh, what name does Bart use for his prank call to Moe's? Oh, God. All right. This is fairly early on. Um... Hmm. Is it all of our clothes-offs? I'm sorry, Matt. That's incorrect. Aww. Andrew, do you have an answer? I have no idea. Is it Amanda Hug and Kiss? It's Seymour Butts. Oh, okay. All right. So many to choose from. It's true. All right. Your hard question. Who are the five people on the town jubilation committee? Oh, God. Uh, there's five of them? Mm-hmm. Uh, Quimby? And they all speak at some point. Quimby, Krusty, Dr. Hibbert, Helen Lovejoy, and, um, uh, Wiggum. You're close. You're actually very close. Uh, it is Quimby, Wiggum, Skinner, uh, Reverend Lovejoy, and Dr. Hibbert. Ah, okay. Skinner? Skinner, yeah. Why? And they all speak at some point, too. Turns out that's a good episode. All right, Matt. It's a really good episode. Your hard question. Mm. What is on Homer's final to-do list? There are 12 items. How many do I have to get? Uh, just name as many as you can, and we'll see how it goes. All right. Um, He has a man-to-man with uh, Bart, listens to Lisa play her saxophone, uh, makes a video for Maggie, uh, reconciles with Abe. Um, He has a one last drink with the boys, uh, dinner with the family. Um, he tells off Mr. Burns. He is intimate with Marge. Yeah, I swear he had something where he wanted to ride something, but I don't know what it was. That's all I got. Uh, you missed make a list. <laughs> the first thing, which is crossed out. That's right. eat, eat a hearty breakfast. Make funeral arrangement. Okay. Go hang gliding. That's the one I was thinking of. And plant a tree. <laughs> plant a tree. I will. Gi- okay. I'll, I'll give you a point. All right, I'll take one point. That that will keep me in the lead by a single point. Yes. 
Hi, Andrew, did you bring any questions? As a matter of fact, I did, Robbie. And in honor of the Screamer Pillar, oh, no. all of oh, my no. questions are based on insects, or at least insects is the theme. Okay. Okay. Who would like to go first? Uh, Matt would like to go first. That's true, I would. Okay, Matt. In Deep Space Homer, I should preface, this is the easy question. In Deep Space Homer, who welcomes our new insect overlords? Kent Brockman. That is correct. Robbie, your easy question. In Treehouse of Horror 8, what insect does Bart get crossed with when using Professor Frink's matter transport? That would be a housefly. That is also correct. Matt, your medium question. In Treehouse of Horror 5, what does Homer say before he kills a dinosaur-era insect having been sent back in time? What does it say before he kills it? Oh, yes. uh, stupid bug, you go squish now. That is correct. Robbie, your medium question. Mm -hmm. What does Bart want to be reincarnated as and why? Uh, a butterfly. No one suspects the butterfly. That is also correct. Doing good, guys. We're smart. SMRT. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, your hard question. In the Springfield Files, what alternative beer does Mo offer Homer, and what is the beer's motto? Uh, I believe it's Red Tick Beer, but the motto is... I have no idea what the motto is. Robbie, do you know? I don't know what the motto is, no. I know that they says needs, needs more dog when they cut away <laughs> yeah, to that's, the... That's what... But I, can't, I don't know what the motto is, no. Red Tick Beer is right. The motto is suck one dry. Oh, uh, God. Of course. oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> Robbie, your hard question. Mm -hmm. What movie did Homer reference in EIEI -E Annoyed Grunt when he declared that it only takes one night for radiation to make stuff grow real big, real fast? Oh, it's one of two movies. I'm not sure which one, though. The Attack of the 50-Foot Woman. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The correct answer is The Amazing Colossal Man and Grasshopperus. Oh, I, I thought... Grasshopperus I... killed Chad Everett. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. Uh, well, Matt has a one-point lead on me with one episode to go. You're in charge of your own dun, destiny. Dun, dun. In charge of your own destiny, Matt. I know. Apparently it comes down to what questions I ask next week. So go real easy on me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't like that noise. That mm-hmm noise. That sounded like you're not going <laughs> to... sound like you're not going to go easy on me. It sounds like you're going to go... It does sound like that, doesn't it? sounds it? like you're going to make it difficult. All Perhaps right. I shall. No! Uh, we can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode Ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where I rank the episodes categorically as you watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. This episode's this is gonna be a tough one. Very, very bad. Mm -hmm. It's very, 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 very bad. I don't know if it's the worst episode ever, though. No, I don't think it's the worst episode ever. We are looking probably the bottom, bottom ten for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm. It's in the wheelhouse. It's close. I think 
like it, it it's a it's the it's a question of like like some of these things are like full of problematic and uh, you know social stuff and racism and mm-hmm. god knows other like character assassination like those are the things that generally fall down to the bottom of the list um you know i i think a good comparison one for this is kill the alligator run which also just makes literally no sense exactly missionary impossible is also close because the end just kind of falls apart and like the inciting incident is just mind-numbingly stupid yeah all all those bottom like the bottom three they're 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 in their very i think this i want to say that this this is worse than the sweetest to poo I think I can. I'm pretty sure of that. I think it's worse than the Swedish taboo. Is it worse than Missionary Impossible, Matt? That's where I'm at a toss up. I I don't know. Um, I would say yes, just because at least Missionary Impossible has a somewhat coherent plot throughout most of it. Homer does something bad. He runs away, and it's really the ending that just makes no sense. Which you know, season eleven, no surprise there. Yeah, you know, I fall back all the time on on which one i'd rather watch again like when i'm unsure and i i mm-hmm. think honestly i'd rather watch this episode again than the mission than missionary really because I, I was just thinking i'd rather watch missionary impossible than this i would rather watch the frying game i like i think my experience is colored a little bit because i was just laughing so much not because it was good or that, funny but because it was so bad and like I, that it, is very accurate it's not that's not necessarily a good thing. You know, it's not good that the episode made me laugh out of, you know, out of like some weird fit of mania. But I did, I think it colored it less terribly than it would have. It still that makes zero sense. I think Missionary, the thing about Missionary Impossible is the fact that it's just like, is so blasé about imperialism. <laughs> basically yeah I, and that's what really kind of pushes me over the edge those bottom three like i they're all they're all terrible in their own way but i think the frying game does i would say that it does fit i would i would put it right above missionary impossible that works for me like i said both these episodes make zero sense and that's that's just the way it is i would say that these bottom four are in their own territory that's true because even the sweetest of who the plot makes sense it's offensive but it makes sense the bottom four are just nonsensical. Yeah, I mean there there is there is there's some there's a lot of nonsense in the area like the next the next uh, tier, uh, which is like from make room for Lisa down to the sweetest to poo. Uh, they're all their own sorts of terrible. Um, and then there's you know the slightly less terrible tier that's still pretty bad. Um, Andrew, I you you this is your worst episode, right? for sure it's at least my least favorite i think worst is a slightly different calculation but it's it would be at the bottom of my list i i think let me put it this way there are things i laugh about in kill the alligator and run there are things i laugh about in missionary impossible those episodes have bigger problems sort of more conceptual problems and i i totally get that i i just I think this is such a, a near laughless half hour that on top of all the other problems, it, it puts it down below those two. And I think Simpson Safari could give it a run for its money because it is also a very unfunny, very unfocused episode and also has the added bonus of, if you can consider it that, being kind of racist, which is never a good thing. 
But the other side of the coin is that I feel like all of those episodes are bad in an interesting way. The Frying Game is just a tediously bad episode. It is just ill-considered, ill-constructed. It's got nothing going for it. And I think there's something to be said for things that fail, but fail in intriguing and, and ways that make you sort of just go, what, a car crash? This is just... It's just bad. It's not interesting bad. It's not funny bad. It's not ambitiously bad. It is just thoroughly, regularly bad from stem to stern. So that's my my pitch for putting it at the bottom. I mean, this is not nearly as contentious an argument as uh, <laughs> the, the, the best episodes because they're terrible. Although I still can't. This has been recently brought up again, Andrew. Your feelings about Home Alone 2. I just don't think we can forgive that. Home Alone 2 is a soulless rehash of the first movie. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, hey. We're not out here to attack classic movies, all right? (laughs) What if we just do the former movie, but we add Rob Schneider and Donald Trump? Trump appears for like eight seconds, okay? That's not, he's not an appreciable difference in the movie. No, exactly. Other than that, that movie's exactly the same. (laughs) I I don't need it to be any different. If they kept making Home Alone movies every three years with the same plot and just different ways, they're like Final Destination movies, you know? I just want to see the Wet Bandits get beaten in different ways. That's true. And that's that's what Christmas is all about, is seeing two dim-witted criminals uh, be, you know, physically abused for an hour and a half for, you know, wanting revenge on a child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think they, they made like five of those, didn't they? They did, but... They the, did, but after two, there's no uh, Macaulay Culkin, so we don't talk or, about those. Or, so the or, entire cinematic universe goes away or joe pesci or daniel stern they don't none of none yeah. of those they need those three those uh, you know you i, I can I, i'm pretty sure french stewart is in the third one he, he is he's in the fourth one as well wow uh if you I, if you replace macaulay culkin with a, a suitable child actor and still had joe pesci and daniel stern i think it would be still be acceptable if, to just comp, keep pumping out you know criminals get bricks thrown at them in various ways for you know a few different sequels but when you take away all of those people and just have some weird charismaless kid and French Stewart. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you can find this list at our website, thesimpsonshow.com. Uh, links to all of our stuff there, our Facebook or Twitter, our RSS feed, link to our Patreon. If you want to throw the show a couple dollars, we'd really appreciate it. Get a lot of bonus content along with it. Uh, we're going to have a recorded bonus episode shortly about uh, comparing Nightmare on Elm Street in the Trials of Horror segment. Do not touch Willie. Good advice. Exactly. Uh, Andrew, before we go, uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Yes, there is. Uh, thank you, first of all, for having me back on, even if it's at least partly to torture me with my least favorite episode. Um, anybody who's interested can find me at my website, theandrewblog.net. Three words, theandrewblog.net. has links to all my writing from all across the web. You can also find me as part of Consequence of Sounds film and TV section. You can find me on Twitter at the Andrew Blog, and you can also find me reading Robbie's excellent novels, Conquest and Truth, which are available now. And you should all read and go leave them a nice review because I told you to, and because they deserve it. So thank you guys for having me on, and I hope it's uh, sunnier Simpson shores from here. Ooh, yeah, that's very kind of you, Andrew. Um, 
You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman, and my website is RobbieDorman.com with links to purchase my novels, both Conquest and Truth. I'll have a third novel coming out next month. Um, you can check out links there for my other podcasts as well. Handsome Boys Comics Hour, it's about comic books. Sarah Finesse, it's about lots of nerdy things. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That is accurate. Uh, but in a desire to be closer to the internet, I have decided to live on one of Google's Project Loon Balloons because it turns out those provide internet access uh, by flying high in the sky. And if I really want to get as close as possible to the internet, I either have to bury myself in fiber optic cable or live in the sky. And I've chosen living in the sky. So if you want to get a hold of me, just send a message out onto the internet and I will tap the cables in the sky and find it for you. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching the Simpsons. Shh.